0: Pivot is brought to you by our founding sponsor, Smart Water. What makes smart water delicious? It's pure, it's crisp, it's vapor distilled with electrolytes added for taste. Learn more at drinksmartwater.com. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher.
1: And I'm Scott Galloway.
0: Well, Scott, hi, what are you doing? Where are you? Where are you? Calling from today.
1: I am what appears to be a closet somewhere in downtown Manhattan, and a uh, handsome, bearded <laughs> millennial just showed me to my closet. closet. <laughs> and I can see him. We, I can see him turning red. So he's not only handsome, he's humble. And of course, uh, my Sherpa Rebecca. This is all probably more information than you wanted. So yeah, I'm we have downtown. a lot of handsome millennials wandering around. I'm
0: in a New York. Bearded, handsome well, millennial. Millennial and around. handsome
1: is redundant because I find anyone under the age of thirty just kind of you know they all they all look just young and young and um i don't know eager and nice
0: Yes, they are. They're very nice employees of Vox Media. Um, I am actually in San Francisco for a New York Minute, uh, uh, and I'm heading back that way via Vegas. Um, Vegas. Uh, you Vegas, just baby.
1: You just couldn't stay away, right? I couldn't.
0: I'm going to see Barry Diller, Dara Khosr-Shahi, and Andy Jassy at an event that I am So, at, I'm
1: okay. Thinking. I was wondering how long before the name dropping would start. Thank I think you. we're I a, just minute did that. Ten. a minute I ten. And we talking, the it.
0: reason I'm asking is because the, the topic is the power of platforms, and I wanted to get your insight on what I should say, and then we want to get into the big stories as week. Like, what should I say to these people about the power of platforms? I want a line for you, from, from you, that I can oh, deliver oh. unto them.
1: Uh, I would just ask, uh, I don't know, the, the, the most powerful platforms are the ones that seem to get away with, have replaced profits with vision and growth. And I would, I would just ask Uber, have you rechanged the dynamic where, for some reason, losses are the new black? What, what's going on here? You're losing a billion okay. bucks. How can you- Good, worth, good. How what about AWS? Oh, uh, Amazon Web Services?
0: Yeah, that's the guy who runs it, Andy Jassy, the, the most powerful oh. man you don't know.
1: Um, that company will be spun by the end of 19 and be one of the 10 most valuable companies in the world on the spin. And I would ask him directly, what do you think of the idea of spinning AWS and why wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, okay, good. See, that's why I dropped those names so hard. There you so go. Hard. I needed your help. I yeah. need your help. Oh, let's yeah. move. Speaking of dropping things on the ground, uh, Facebook. They, they, there was a trove of UK Parliament. UK has yeah. had it with Facebook, and they've released um, uh, 250 personal emails, and it shows that uh, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg used access to user data over the years to hurt competition. Said uh, that Facebook said the the the. Um, the emails were cherry-picked, and again, Mark is responding on Facebook about yeah. the thing. What do you think of this? I mean, again, it's it's the—and then Sheryl Sandberg was more violent for Sheryl Sandberg yeah. uh, all over the place and how she was responsible for anything, uh, dual-class uh, shareholder stocks. Yeah. And so talk about—a lot of people are calling for the FTC and others to look into this. You well, have a do, different take, which is unusual, I think, because you're usually a Facebook basher, I would say.
1: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big critic, bad— Bad for the country, bad for the planet. But if you read through the emails, and I think you're writing a story on this. For so I don't know if mm-hmm. it's in the Times or somewhere else, but I would argue there's no real news here. That the activity and the dialogue is somewhat typical of a company that is trying to crush its competition. And I would I would bet there's emails like that. Is my company? There's emails like this at Vox. And what they mm-hmm. it's clear the trend here is everyone's piling on and. If you look at the, the email that everyone seems sensitive to is the email around Vine, that the moment mm-hmm. Vine or Twitter announced a six-second video a product called Vine, they decided to basically shut it out of Facebook and turn off certain features that would make it difficult. What they failed to, what they failed to disclose in all these stories, which gives you, you know, which lends this notion that people are just piling on, mm-hmm. is that t- soon before that or recently before that, Twitter had done the same thing to Facebook. Yeah, Instagram, right. Well, they said they're not going to let – they wouldn't let Facebook properties use their fine friend feature on Twitter. So yep.
0: there's and nothing that one too. new. They did a bunch of stuff for sure. It was back and
1: forth. There's nothing new here. The, the thing that's interesting is that it, it, it's not the it's not the competitive instincts and the full-body contact decisions that are part of capitalism competition. The thing that's scary is that if you have one player, that when they make those decisions – can basically turn the oxygen off in the room for any company. And I would argue this just highlights a failure of the DTC and the DOJ, because if you have four of the five top apps owned by one company, they can kind of put their foot on the windpipe of almost any company trying to make a living in the app economy. So I think it's a bigger issue. But I would argue Facebook and Mr. Zuckerberg and Cheryl are sort of doing their jobs in these instances. What's, what's your take on this?
0: I agree. I, I agree. I was like, "What a surprise!" Like people are like, "Oh, can you believe they're using people's data?" I'm like, "Yeah, I believe it." It's sort of like saying, "Can you believe Donald Trump sent something awful on Twitter?" Yeah. Like it's like, yeah. "Yeah, okay." And I think one of the things that people don't realize is how you know I was at an event last night, and I'm going to drop another name, Sam Altman, who runs Y Combinator. It was yeah. at this great new place called Manny's in San Francisco, which we're going to do a live podcast from there when you're here. Awesome! Um, it's this new space for civic and uh, po- political and 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 discourse, and we we're doing a lot of live podcasts from there. Um, And uh, one of the things I kept saying to the crowd, they were like, well, should they have been better? I'm like, they're a business. Let's keep in mind they all kept the money and they're a giant business. They're a business. Stop pretending you're not businesses, and, and, and businesses do things. I think the issue is a lot of these companies, have, you know, they, they sort of slather on the, we're doing good, we're wearing hoodies, we're drinking kombucha. And so it it it, it hides the fact that they're just like Wall Street people or cigarette manufacturers or, or chemical companies. You know what I mean? It's the same. To me, they make the money, and they'll do what it takes to make the money.
1: They're not, so concerned, I, with, they're not concerned with the condition of our soul. They're not going to take care of us when we get older. And the piece of advice I would have to some of our listeners out there to starting their career, is that I've never understood the notion of being loyal to an institution. An institution is an inanimate legal construct filed in Delaware. You should be loyal to people. But Mm -hmm. when I see people talk about making career decisions over their loyalty to institutions, I feel that's a construct, and I'm going to go way off script here. I think that's a construct that's been built into – our society, mostly, so young people would go um, put themselves in harm's way to maintain the land of older, rich people. But this notion right. of being loyal to an institution, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's like at NYU, they talk about loyalty to the university. I'm like, no, you should be loyal to people uh, right. that treat you well. The institution, it does not exist, and it's not going to. It's not going to you know, take care of you when you're dying. And and right. I don't know how we got here, Kara. Where am I? I like it.
0: I like that you're going into the thing because, you know, it's true. I mean, I just, you have to look at these companies. I think people did put little hopes and dreams in them a little bit because they were not just, you know, just another thing. There was actually a great piece in Pace this week that I liked. Um, and they go. He, they said um, there's a small elite bankrolled by really rich people. The elite push austerity onto the public. The public supports progressive goals and hates the elite. That's the story. These aren't two tribes any more than Al Capone and his victims were tribes. It's pretty simple. There's a ruling class. They like each other. They don't like you. That's the history behind every Bush and Michelle Obama picture, or what? And it goes on. And it says privilege looks in the mirror and calls it uh, calls the site beautiful. And it was really true. I was like, these wow. people are just that's powerful.
1: Po- that's poetry. That's That's poetry. Anyway,
0: let's speaking of powerful and people getting increasingly richer. Lyft uh, apparently has done its confidential IPO filing thing that they all do. I
1: don't understand all. What have you heard? That was big news. It it feels to me they're just trying to say, "I'm first. I'm first. They have to be first, right? They have
0: to be first, right? I mean, analyze this, please, because I think if they, if Uber's going to go out, obviously, but they've got to go out before Uber.
1: Well, you got to give Lyft props. People thought the <laughs> game was over. Just say, so you know, Lyft is one of the greatest. I would. I don't want to even call it comeback stories, but carving out a niche. I think the the probably the best example of that is I thought that the voice game was over last year, Alexa mm-hmm. had 70% share, and then Google came in and carved out 20 25% share in just 12 months' time. But mm-hmm. I would say kind of four or five years ago, we thought the game was over, that it was Uber and the Seven Dwarfs, and Lyft has carved out... A nice niche, mostly through, I imagine, good execution and some of the missteps on behalf of Uber. But I don't – tell me what is the difference between Uber and Lyft culturally, economically, business model? What is the difference?
0: They're, I don't think they have a moat. You know, I talk a lot about moats. I think we've talked about it, the idea that Amazon has built all these moats. I'm not so sh- – Uber has a brand moat. They have the credit cards. Those are the two things they have, yeah. right? And it's a brand that people know, so that's not in, uh, nothing. That ain't nothing. And, the, and they have the credit cards and the relationship. And they're, very, they're like a utility and they work well most of the time. Both of them work well. And so I think it's, it really is just a, a getting the drivers satisfied, getting the customer experience down. But I, I think it, it'll be harder for Lyft to compete, but the fact of the matter is they've got to go public before Uber does in order to get out into the markets.
1: And what do you think these companies, say they do get public? It'll it'll set a proxy for the valuation for Uber, which I can't imagine yeah. is going to be anywhere near the 120 billion dollars their yeah. bankers yeah, yeah them. especially
0: with the recent announcement of the losses, the billion dollars in losses a quarter. That's a lot of money.
1: But do you know the guys? It's a lot of ta- Saudi money. Talk about, <laughs> there you go. Talk about the management at Lyft. We always talk about Dara. We always talk yeah. about Travis. Who are, who are the key players at Lyft, and what's your impression of the culture uh, there? John
0: Zimmer, for example. There's a whole the whole they're really. Um, They're very uh, earnest comparatively. They come from a much sort of more hippie. I don't use the word hippie; that's an old word, but you know what I mean. Um, They come from a um, a very uh, sort of wanting to save the world background uh, kind of thing, Um, and so I think they're different. I mean, because you know, you know, Travis was. was very. It's John Zimmer and Logan Green, the two of them, um, and they were the founders. And so they it came out of this thing called Zimride, which is a rideshare company um, that they founded in 2007, I think. And so it's a very different mentality. It's a very different company. Um, and you and John Zimmer and both of them are lovely. Like like the literally polar opposite of the Uber, the original Uber people. Um, mm-hmm. At one point, I think it was John. It was at a party, and I was sitting with a bunch of people, and he goes he starts to it was very early on in in the stage of the company and he starts going you know what's really amazing 80% of the cars are not in use and that's just wrong for the planet cuz you know one person sits in a car like and there's five seats and whatever and i was and and he's like and 80% aren't in use and we really just want to help the planet by filling those seats and this and on and on and he really meant it like it was really something and he walked away and one of the CEOs there goes Travis is gonna kill him. Like,
1: it right. Was, like, it was right. So poor funny. little, poor little cute thing. Um oh
0: man. Yeah. But they've to prove to be very aggressive and, and made some changes, I think, that are necessary there to be a little tougher. Um, and get away from this sort of softer side of ride sharing. And even in their headquarters, there were they were the last one they had that I was in, they had like soft, squishy things coming from the ceiling. And like it was super comfortable, and there was like a Bro, brewery, but it was nice. Ladies could go that kind of thing, and at it, it, compared to the Uber headquarters, which looked like a Bond villain. Like that, if you put, if you didn't if you didn't put your feet on the sides of the elevator, the floor would drop out and you'd end up in a in a shark tank. Um, so it was a very very different people. I like them a lot. I like.
1: I'm I'm telling you, I've said it before, Kara, but if you ever need a quick pick-me-up and you're feeling depressed, which for me is, I don't know, every 30 or 40 minutes, (laughs) just roll up to a crowded place with a bunch of young people in your car, roll (laughs) down the window and go, Uber? And see how many people <laughs> instinctively just roll up to the side of your car. <laughs> it is so much fun. That is a terrible fun.
0: thing. And I think terrible things have happened that. But thank you for that. Please don't a- do that. And I just, see who gets Scott, I'm back. I'm not going to bail you out of jail, let's just say. See who gets say. Back. Let
1: you Oh, you are definitely my second call. My first call is to a lawyer. By the way, I've got, I get uh, – so now I'm boasting. I get calls from people who – I get calls from jail. I think it's because people think I'm discreet and I have access to cash and they're right on mm-hmm. both. But I get wow. – I'm the guy – My friends call when they end up uh, in in jail. So you should know that. You should have me on speed dial.
0: Okay, good. But I have to say something. I got, speaking of people calling you, I got so many people coming up to me at this event last night and all this week, how much they love you. I'd have to tell you. Go (laughs) on.
1: Sorry, I didn't hear that. Go on. (laughs) What was that, Kara? What (laughs) was that? I love
0: that Scott Galloway. I've been calling him. I was in a, we did a a live podcast with uh, Chuck Todd and others from Andrea Mitchell and Hallie Jackson from NBC
1: News. And then last time we did Sam Altman. What's Chuck Todd like? He's from Miami, which really shocked me. He's just like
0: you'd imagine him to be.
1: Really? (laughs) He's just,
0: yeah, go listen to the podcast. It's good. Andrea Mitchell's the hardest working person in journalism, and Ali Ali Jackson really throws it down. It was good. It was fun. But uh, Chuck is Chuck's got a lot of opinions, and he's great. Uh, I like I like bantering with him. But uh, you had a lot of you had a lot of fans in D.C., Scott. You have a lot of fans everywhere.
1: Kara, where can we find the NBC podcast?
0: You can listen to it on Recode Decode. There you go. All right. When we get back, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to talk about wins and fails of the week. Pivot is brought to you by our founding sponsor, Smart Water. So, we both run businesses, manage day to day, and now host a podcast. I have a lot of podcasts. We're working hard, and so does Smart Water. It's vapor distilled, whatever that is, for purity with electrolytes for taste. It's water that keeps us hydrated as we work hard. And look, you work hard. You deserve a great tasting, hydrating water. Learn more at smartwater.com. We're here with Scott Galloway. This is Kara Swisher. This is Pivot. Um, Scott, wins of this week? Wins or fails?
1: Well, I would go with a win. And I I think that the the legacy of George Herbert Walker Bush and uh, taking some time and some pause to look at the the patriotism, the service, the fidelity, the dignity, and I think more than anything, just the humility. I thought the kind Mm -hmm. of really interesting thing was – you know, he said he was very deliberate and he said, oh, no, we're inviting uh, the president because it's the right thing to do. And I don't want him to be miffed. And I thought after all right. they've been through with this guy, you know, it just would have been so easy for them not to invite them. And the McCain funeral, while an incredible funeral, it felt like the majority of that was sort of them having the last word. Um, right? And, whereas this was very much, I mean, here you have, OK, first off, uh, George Bush, right? Youngest pilot in the history of the Navy, 18 mm-hmm. years old decides to get in a, I don't know, P-53 Thundercat, flies 58 combat missions, is shot down over the middle of the Pacific, somehow gets out of the plane, inflates a raft and is sitting in the raft and then probably comes to the realization that he's going to die of exposure. And then a submarine emerges. And then you got to hope, gee, I really hope that's one of our submarines. Right, And the guy is pulled out of the water You know, married for 70 years, uh, Americans with Disabilities Act, uh, Clean Air Act, managed to get these things done with both houses of Congress controlled by Democrats, passed more legislation than any president with the exception of FDR and Lyndon Johnson, but did it in four years. Just a reminder of some fantastic values that we aspire to in our leaders and also kind of a stark Also, a disappointing reminder that a lot of those values seem to have slipped away, and so yeah, yeah.
0: he was a very decent. I I thought it was very,
1: very moving.
0: Yeah, I I wasn't a big fan of the whole that whole era. I have to be honest with you. The whole Reagan, I was at Georgetown at the time, and so I was more, uh, you know, being just recently out, the the whole AIDS thing was still disturbing. I know he did turn it around a little bit but that whole he was still part of the Reagan administration that uttered well, Reagan never that. mentioned
1: ne, Reagan never uttered the word in 8 years I right?
0: know that and you and I know you shouldn't be just an identity politics thing but people were truly dying then and it was really yeah. appalling uh, what was happening there so I always that always always tinged with that with him yeah. and also yeah. some of his you know it's sort of like some of the mishaps right so it's but but you're right say i mean more a lot mishaps? of mishaps what,
1: what are the mishaps say more oh
0: just the, the way his verbal gas and it just
1: yeah. You know, it's yeah. sort of
0: out of touchness of the elite again. It was sort of like here we are, ruled by our Yale going leaders, yeah. kind of thing. Um, so it, I did. I did always enjoy Barbara Bushism. You know, that was one. She was one of my favorites, and she just died also this year. It's me we missing seeing they both died in the same. I think the same year. Um, but she was. I liked her thing because she would pop off with something awful, and I loved it. That was. That was my. She, I liked her a
1: lot. Um, yeah. so, it's, look. So. it's an impressive family. And if you hear yeah. if you ever talk to people that know Jeb or speak to uh, George W., I think W. will go down as probably, you know, the Hard Rock Hall of Fame of tragic or catastrophic geopolitical decisions. But people mm-hmm. say he's he's actually a very decent man. Oh, this uh, a lo- is
0: new thing. They're a lo- decent, but they ruined the world. Yeah. That's I'm Jeb, not going people people
1: who work for Jeb love him. So this is yeah. These are you know George and I Barbara. Have met Jeb.
0: He's he's a lovely guy. He's
1: George cool. and Barbara, you know, sort of their blink and the universe mattered. They raised good, responsible children. And yeah. even though I think the marketplace, and I think this is right, has said we're not comfortable passing the mantle of the presidency between fathers and sons and husbands no. and wives, which I think is actually a good thing. Yeah, uh, this is an impressive family, and the patriarch passed away. And I, I was just very moved by the whole thing. That the image that will really stick with me, and it was on Twitter, was mm-hmm. Bob Dole um, having someone uh, these guys oh,
0: lift him up, yeah, lift
1: him up, and then him giving uh, his salute to George. I thought that was really powerful.
0: Yeah, I, just, I again, I I, I I do have admiration for George although it was to me like it was a quainter. <laughs> Version of awful, like the conservative, the awful conservatism. Yeah. It was yeah. a quainter, less less dangerous version of what's happening now. I, I some In some ways, I kind of like to just see it out there and rapacious in the rapacious ways. And, for example, Trump today saying, you know, apparently he said, I don't care about these deficits or whatever because I'm not going to be here.
1: Right. Like, there, all presidents
0: think like that. He just said it. And I'm sort of like, all right, you're an asshole. Thank you for confirming. You know, it, it, in a lot of ways, even though it's an awful sentiment, it's something that all of them yeah.
1: behave like. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's told him, but his kids are probably going to be around for a while. By the way, strongest economy in a long time, and we're exploding the deficit. What passes for bipartisanship is reckless spending, right? Republicans want tax cuts and military spending. Democrats want social social programs. And then occasionally we decide, I know, let's do it all, and let's fuck future generations. It's literally Mm -hmm. like we're speaking to the future and saying, fuck you, I want mine, and I want it now. (laughs)
0: Speaking of saying dirty words, naughty words. Too much? No, I like it. I like it. No, Michelle Obama disagreeing with Sheryl Sandberg on the lean in. That shit doesn't always work. Yeah. That was interesting.
1: That was. That was. And it was a new color for Michelle Obama who tends to be always the diplomat. Uh,
0: She is. I was thinking when they go low, we go low. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Sort of. She's the one who said that. She's a Um, super—what do you you think? Do you think Michelle Obama—do you think she has a future in public service? Do you think anything? I don't think
0: she's running. I think she likes being Michelle Obama. Yeah. I think she likes, I think the, I think, why would she do that? Why would she subject herself to that? She's, she can be influential. Um, I think she's, you know, the book is the most, I think it's the top seller of the year uh, yeah. people like her. The minute she enters politics, she gets. She's
1: done. Yeah, slimed. I agree. Yeah, you know impre- what I mean? Like it all goes, person. it all,
0: it all moves off. And I, you know, I don't, you know, I think she's perfectly competent to do it. It's not, it's not like, the. it's not that it's that she's, If you were her, like, is this what you want to spend the next 20 years of your life doing? Because it'd be 20 years. Yeah. So, and you know, she's already done it. She's already been there. I don't know. I don't know. She doesn't Mm -hmm. seem to want to do that. Um, Anyway, uh, last uh, thing um, predictions,
1: Scott. Prediction. So, I think, uh, oh, I have a couple. One, uh, okay. I think Ms. Sandberg will be gone within 12 months, but it'll be her idea. I think they're hoping this dies down, and I think she's going to announce that she wants to go run a foundation or, or, or talk about service. Or, but I think, mm-hmm. she's, I think she's done. I think she's gone. Uh, but it'll be I her idea. I would disagree idea. with you. I think she's disagree. around in a year? Yes, I do. Okay, we'll bet. I I'd... was with
0: some Facebook people last night. I don't think she's going
1: anywhere. Really?
0: Mark huh. has to kill her. He's not going to kill her. He's not going to throw her under the bus. It's not
1: going to happen. Huh? And uh, and, he, and that's and my, it. And my big prediction is: uh, uh, I talked about the AWS spin already. another prediction. I think that um, Amazon is going to start making the kind of the business story of nineteen and in innovation is the movement of big tech uh, into healthcare. Mm. And if you look at industries and the kind of the disruption index in terms of what industries are most disruptible, that you just look at the price of the underlying service relative to inflation. And with the reason Facebook and Google were so successful is the media industry kept raising its prices faster than viewership. And this disruption or this unearned margin of profitability, they stuck their chin out and Google and Facebook were there with kind of fists of stone. So you need this industry waiting to be disrupted that consumers don't like and it's fat margins and is just charging too much. And there's nothing that is more disruptible right now than healthcare, which I think is now 18% of our Economy, and I was asked. I got a call from a—I I won't use his name—but an iconic, uh, kind of globally famous investor, and he said, "Which of these four do you think—and I'll turn the question to you—I'll give my answer—are would be most successful moving into healthcare?" And I said, "Well, the easy, the easy last place is Facebook. No one's going to tell Facebook they have diabetes or an STD." Right. Number yeah. three, I think, weirdly enough, is Google. Even though they're great with data, my sense of yeah, their healthcare not initiatives. Them anything. It's been kind of these moonshot CSR things, cured death. Yeah, they just don't of. want to
0: die, Scott. That's really yeah. Great. There you go. That's the uh,
1: I'll be so ready when that swings around. Hopefully, in forty years. Anyway, that's probably yeah. That's again, not going to happen for you. You don't,
0: uh, you don't get to not die.
1: Yeah, you, and then you from, and from, from what I understand, the mortality rate's still one hundred percent. So, yeah. and then number two, I think is Apple. Most people would pick Apple as number one. I think the data they collect from all the wearables is is inflated in terms of its importance and its utility. And they don't have the core asset you'll need to be a player yep. in healthcare, and that is their investors uh, like profits. So, the company that I think is going to go after healthcare and just scare the shit out of everybody when they start peeling off the most actuarially uh, appealing f- households in America and insuring them, I think they're going to go through the insurance store, is Amazon because they know. I agree with you on this. They know, your body. With you. they know your body mass index based on the size of the clothes you order. They know the food, uh, how healthy your diet is. They're pretty soon going to know the pharmaceuticals you're on. They're going to know if you're in a monogamous relationship. They're going to know if you're wealthy. All the things that indicate you're in good or poor health. And what they'll do is they'll offer over Alexa, they'll say, hey, Prime member, would you be interested in exploring a way to cut your uh, health care costs in half with Prime Plus insurance? And they will literally take – the healthiest, most profitable, or least expensive households off the table, and we are going to freak out.
0: Yeah, I think that's really. I think you're right. I was. I, they could do almost anything. They could. Sell, I was just thinking the other day because I had another mishap that I with Home Depot and stuff that I tweeted about, and I literally could have gotten Amazon to deliver. you were at Home Depot.
1: Coins. I hold, hold on. Home
0: Depot and I had a, had a disagreement, but they did handle it well in the end. But it's because I tweeted and to all the people, but. um Actually, didn't, well, lots of things went awry, but, um, but they, uh, but I, when I was doing it, I looked on Amazon. I could have gotten it in two days, and I know it would have been delivered beautifully. And I thought really? I just I didn't pick Amazon because I didn't want to give them every bit of my business. That's you know what I mean. Like I was like I can't let them, be fantastic again. And and it, because there's so many stuff now coming out about the 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 the, the toll on the, these delivery people, the toll on the people yeah. packing, the toll. There's there's so much you know it's sort of like these you know I don't I don't want to compare this to like the Harry Potter movie but Dobby you know what I mean there's all yeah. these people working under the hood at these places that are suffering in a way that we don't even think well, about Well n- nice
1: nice Potter reference but I have two questions and the first sure. is First off, I want to ask her, uh, as a point of personal privilege, to give Home Depot another chance. They're an outstanding organization with a great management team. I think they're fantastic at what they do. And it's really nice to see a big retailer actually succeeding in the world of Amazon. So I think your instincts to go to Home Depot are really strong. Well, I tried. They
0: they, they ended up breaking my garage, but I won't go into it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) There you go. Karma,
0: karma, karma, karma chameleon. Um, Yeah. So the last thing I will do that. Are you on the board of Home Depot or something?
1: No, but I like those guys a lot. They're golden right. aprons. They're they're I know the guys in digital. there, the CEOs. Like a, just a, like an earnest. And you're always wandering George.
0: around with drywall. I'm sure,
1: right, Scott? That's your I game. Know. <laughs> I know. I seriously am the least handy person you've ever met. It is. This I, comes as
0: zero surprise to Carol. Oh sure, my gosh.
1: I am very handy. I go into a okay. Home Depot and it's seriously I might as well be in, you know, on the moon. I don't I don't even know what's in there. I can't even recognize that stuff. People buy wood and lumber there. I'm like, where are they taking this stuff and what are they doing? <laughs> what are they doing <laughs> with this wood? <laughs> Hey, by buy oh, drills, Scott. and oh, I'm Scott. like, well, do you have to plug this thing in? What is this? I know what We're- I'm getting
0: you for Christmas. It's going Where's to be a tool
1: Where's the battery? Belt. I'm, I'm getting fan. you
0: a tool belt, Scott, for Christmas. That's the plan. Little,
1: I like a little it. A tiny little
0: hammer for you, a little screwdriver. It'll be nice to practice and wander uh, around.
1: Oh, wait, my and- question. You brought up the, the poor treatment of Amazon workers and things that are coming out. My question is this. Do you think this is unique to Amazon? Or we you no. just been sort of— They're not qu- as
0: nice as they could be. They should be tr- three times as nice, I think. You know, and three times as, as for- yeah. fast forward. Isn't it just but coming no. to
1: light that the kind of minimum wage workers all across America get treated like shit?
0: Yes, this is what I my point was at the beginning is their businesses, they don't care.
1: Yeah. They just don't.
0: 100%. Speaking of predictions, um, we're going to play uh, on the show of Recode Decode this week, a tape of my son Louie and Casey Newton. Uh, talking, I want you to comment on this, um, predicting socializing will happen in private groups rather than on social media. Yeah. I, have,
1: I have a hot take about okay, social media. Take. Yeah. Okay. So in hot 2019, take. I think 2019 is the return of the group chat. If you talk to people about the kind of social interactions mm-hmm. they actually like, mm-hmm. it's... Group text, whether it's on iMessage, whether it's on your Snapchat, talking to a small group of friends, you know exactly who's there. Mm -hmm. You can share your in-jokes. You don't have to pose for people. You can just be dumb. Mm -hmm. There's none of this pressure. If you use an app like Snapchat, all of those chats can just disappear. They're not going to haunt you forever. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you just use iMessage and it's end-to-end encrypted and you you feel like you're probably going to be fine. But I think increasingly, more and more people are just going to want to group chat and not worry about the rest of everything that social media has to offer. What
0: do you think, Mr. Swisher? I
1: agree with that. Wow.
0: So what do you think, Scott? What do you think about what Louie and Casey said?
1: Uh, so anything your son says, I'm inclined to agree with. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think what you have is I think young people are actually more aware of the danger and uh, uh, kind of I think it's drilled into them earlier and more often that your digital record goes on your permanent record. Mm-hmm. And if you want to um, have a conversation or you want to express anything a little bit off color or more aggressive, it should be done um, in small groups. Now, but but what – can you expand on what he meant by the, the socialization will take place in groups and not online? Well, can this it it was Casey's thought?
0: idea, and I think Louis agreed with it, is that he was – he actually – Louis went even further. It was and Casey said that he thought that you wouldn't be in these larger groups, that you would be in these small the group chats. And it's more – you know, it's happening on a bunch of places like Instagram and other places. And Louis made the example he was in a, a cube, and he uses Snapchat, which you can't use there. He was there over the holidays. Um, and and he started using the Instagram group chat thing. And he was like, it was so uncool to use Instagram to meet, talk to my friends, which was interesting. Yeah. Uh, but he was talking about the idea of, of being just in a, he, you know, he likes Snapchat and the concepts around it. And so he said, even more so. But then he went a step further and he said, well, you know what I'm really interested in is analog, talking to people in person. <laughs> and I was like, I was That's like so what a strange. concept. Yeah, so and so they—they they definitely are a warier group, you know. My other son is just starting to to use. Uh, he texts a lot more, which is interesting. Um, how, old's he,
1: how old's your youngest?
0: Thirteen. He mm-hmm. does. I mean, he knows how to use Snapchat and stuff. I, I'm pretty sure he's texting, um, and he uses he uses uh, his video games to talk to his friends. Like they're playing Fortnite and then they talk, and then they have a social time. Tony, so be careful
1: just, with Fortnite. Be careful oh, with you know, Fortnite. It is I, scary. It's funny my kid literally during the weekend we he was doing he did does well in school and as a reward we said we'd like to let you play fortnite cuz all of his colleagues all of his buddies uh, mm-hmm. play in their class and i'm telling you that we gave the kid crack it's just, no, really? Interesting. I don't know. My
0: kid does really well in school. Oh right? my
1: gosh. He he knows all how all to weekend long, we'll be on the beach, beautiful day, boogie boarding, hanging out, running around with the dog. And he's like, Can we go home now? Can we go home now? Oh, no, no, it's because work. he's thinking about Fortnite. Well,
0: it wears off. Like, that's where my kids were like that. And then it wears off, they don't stay it. Uh, yeah, I think those.
1: it's, I think this addictive quality has, I think it's a phase it'll grow out of in about yeah. 70, 75 years. So, no, um,
0: stop it. No, they, <laughs> my kids aren't using it as much, but they like it. They still like it, but they aren't using as much. Um, but they, but it's interesting, is a lot of they like a about it as the socializing, I think, about the way they are doing, not as much the games. And they like, actually, it was really interesting. I had a bunch of them, uh, 13 year olds over, and I was asking what they liked. And a lot of them like the stories in them, like whatever they are, like the historical stuff and this and that. You know, that there's every one of these things has a different story, and they, they actually enjoy. They're, They're like playing the French Revolution, you. one of them, They're the Assassin's you. Creed. I don't know.
1: They're playing you. like, here, I like the historical stuff. Where can I go kill someone on a screen? No, I, they do.
0: I'm telling you, they do. They like the stories. They like the stories, which is mm. these video games have gotten to be really interesting in terms of stories.
1: Do you um, bond, I don't think
0: it's the way to learn history. I'd rather they read, like, right, historical podcasts, tones, but it's bond, all right. It's, do
1: you bond it's with your kids over media? Do you play video games or watch no, TV? No, I, I don't
0: play video games. Yeah. We bond over cooking. We made we bond we over cooking and talking. Oh, that's and nice. Deba- Debating—that's how we bond. Um, and going out and, and wandering around. Um, anyway, this has been a great week. Uh, thank you for hosting. We will have we all our kids on the show. Maybe we'll just do the
1: show. That'll be nice.
0: Yeah, and that would be good. So next week we'll be uh, we'll, we'll we'll have lots more to, to do to talk about. There's I think there's there's going to be Google coming to Congress. I think next week and stuff. That's like that. so right. be plenty plenty for us to chew over. Anyway, uh, Rebecca Sinanis produces this show. Nishat Kirwa is Vox Media's executive producer of audio. Thanks also to Eric Johnson, who's sitting right across from me in my kitchen in San Francisco. Thanks for listening to uh, Pivot from Vox Media. Join us next week for more of a breakdown on all things tech and business. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We're fans of our founding sponsor, Smart Water. Delicious Smart Water is vapor distilled. People, vapor distilled for purity, okay? That's even more distilled. With electrolytes added for taste, it leaves us feeling refreshed and ready for the next challenge. Learn more at drinksmartwater.com.